after Sulh Hudaybiyah, there was another issue that came up. And that issue was regarding women. What was it? Remember that the treaty stipulated that any man leaving Mecca and making Hijrah to Medina would have to be returned to Mecca. Isn't it so? And if a person would leave Medina and go to Mecca, then the Meccans would not have to return him. So basically, if any person from Mecca accepted Islam and made Hijrah to Medina, the people of Medina would have to send him back to Mecca. And remember when this condition was set, Abu Jandal radiallahu anhu, he came. Remember his story? He came and you know the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said that, look, you know the treaty is not concluded yet, we're still negotiating, processing it, so let's leave this out. And Suhail, he got stubborn over here and he said that if you don't agree to this, that's it. Because he was the father of Abu Jandal. And the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, just make an exception for Abu Jandal. He said, no, you either agree to this or we don't make a treaty at all. So this condition was set. Now, what happened was that some women migrated from Mecca to Medina. All right? And some of these women were from noble families such as the daughter of Uqba bin Abi Mu'ayt. Some of these women were married, and so they had left their families, and they had come alone. They had left their husbands, and they had come to Medina. Now their relatives demanded that these women be sent back to Mecca, according to the treaty. But returning women to their families who did not agree with their religion, what would that mean? That these women would most definitely be oppressed. They would be harmed. They might even be killed. Their lives would be in danger. Their deen would be in danger. So the Muslims took advantage of the letter of the law. Alright? The text said, any rajul. Who is rajul? Man. Male. Alright? It didn't say person. It said rajul. So, the mushrikeen, they were responded that, look, they're women, they're not rijal. So they're staying here. They're not going anywhere. Alright? So what did this mean? The mushrikeen could not really say anything because yes, the Muslims were following the treaty. They were keeping true to the treaty. Alright? So what happened now that many women started making hijrah to Medina. Alright? Many women. Now, so many women started coming that, you know, you'd wonder, are they actually coming making hijrah, or are they coming for some other reason? Maybe they're being sent as spies by the Meccans to Medina to spy on the Muslims. Because if a man would come, then certainly he would be in trouble. But a woman, she can fake it. You know, my family has been persecuting me. I embraced Islam. And so she's sheltered in Medina. She lives for some time and she finds out all the information. And then one day she leaves and, you know, she's basically working as a spy. Right? Or she could be coming for some other reason. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these verses. Alright? That when the men, when they embraced Islam, they would take bay'ah. They would give the pledge of allegiance to the Prophet That we believe and we promise that we will refrain from shirk and we will not do this and we will not do this and we will not do this and we will do this and this and this. You know, in Sirah we learn about the different pledges that people would give to the Prophet ﷺ when they would embrace Islam. But women generally would not do that. Because it was understood that if the man of the house is giving the bay'ah, then the whole family is part of it. 
You understand? But here what's happening is that a woman is coming herself. So now, these verses stipulated that even the women must take bay'ah. You understand? Now some people, they get offended over here. That, oh, women, their iman is being doubted and you know, they have to take the bay'ah. I think this is very amazing that women are being recognized as who? As individuals. You understand? That it's not that the husband or the man of the house is embracing Islam and is taking the pledge for the whole family. No. It's every adult that matters. The man and the woman. So the women must take the bay'ah also. And the details of that are given. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed, إِذَا جَاءَكُمُ الْمُؤْمِنَاتُ When believing women come to you, muhajiratin as immigrants. Plural of the word muhajira. One who does hijrah. Woman who does hijrah. So when they come to you immigrating, what should you do? فَمْتَحِنُوهُنَّ So test them. Test them. This is the word from which the name of the surah has been derived. Mumtahana, The woman who is tested. So فَمْتَحِنُوهُنَّ Imtihan, Mim Hanun, Test. Examine. So test them. Test them concerning what? Concerning their Islam. That are they really believers or not? Of course, you cannot examine their heart. But you can ask them questions to ensure that they're actually believers. And you can make them take an oath. You understand? Because you see, if a person has accepted Islam, then they must know at least the basics. They must know something. Right? So, if a woman is coming, saying that she's doing hijrah, and she has believed, well, don't just accept her word that she has believed. Ask her a few questions to ensure that she has really embraced Islam, and that she has done hijrah, she has made this hijrah for the sake of Allah. So, فَمْتَحِنُوهُنَّ Ask them. When I look at this word, I think this word is so empowering. That women should be knowledgeable of their religion. Allah is saying, test them. Test them regarding their Islam. Do they know Islam even or not? They must know. It's not just the men who are supposed to be educated about their deen. Even the women have to be educated. So, فَمْتَحِنُوهُنَّ Ask them. Test them. Allahu a'lamu. Allah is most knowing بِإِمَانِهِنَّ of their faith. Meaning, Allah knows about their iman. So if somebody says, you know what, I'm not going to take the test because Allah knows how strong my faith is. Well, yes, Allah certainly knows. But we as people also have to test you. Right? So, Allahu a'lamu bi'imanihin. فَإِنْ عَلِمْتُمُهُنَّ Then if you know them as mu'minatin, as believing women, meaning they pass the test, and you see that they are certainly believers, then, فَلَا تَرْجِعُوهُنَّ إِلَى الْكُفَّارِ Then do not return these women to the disbelievers. Do not send them back to Makkah. Do not do that. Because if you were to do that, you would put them in a lot of difficulty. Why should you not send them? Because لَا not هُنَّ they, Meaning these women are not حِلُّ لَهُمْ Permissible for them. Permissible for who? For their disbelieving husbands. حِلْ from halal, one who is permissible. Remember some of these women who migrated were married. So their husbands demanded that their wives be sent back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says over here, that once this woman has embraced Islam and she's made hijrah, that marriage is no longer valid. 
You understand? Because in Surah Al-Baqarah, what do we learn? That a Muslim woman cannot marry a mushrik man. Remember? And a Muslim man cannot marry a mushrik woman. Marriage to the mushrikeen is not permissible. It's not halal. It's not jaiz. So, لَا لَهُمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحِلُّونَ These women are not permissible for them, and those men are not permissible for these women. وَآتُوهُمْ And give them. Give who? To their ex-husbands, mushrik husbands, ex-ones. Give them مَا أَنْفَقُوا Whatever they had spent. Whatever they had spent on who? On their wife. Before she embraced Islam and left. Because what if, you know, let's say there's a couple, mushrik, alright, let's suppose they lived in Makkah at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and what happened? The man gave the wife a lot of jewelry, a lot of money, a lot of wealth, right? And he even told her where his wealth was. So what happened? One day she embraced Islam and she said, you know what, let me take all of this money and run off to Medina. So she goes to Medina. Now the man is left without a wife and without any money. Allah says, the woman is not going back. That's not halal. But you know what? The money is his. So that must be returned. How fair is our Lord? So give them back what they had spent. وَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْكُمْ And there is no blame on you. And تَنْكِحُوهُنَّ That you marry them. In other words, now these women are free to marry. They were previously married to mushriks. But now, with the hijrah, that marriage is terminated. So now these women are free to marry somebody else. Of course, a Muslim. But there is a condition. Allah addresses the Muslim men. That if you do intend to marry such muhajir women, then you must give them their ujur. Ujur, plural of ajr, and this is referring to the mahr. You must give them the mahr. You see how the women are being protected over here? Now think, this woman is alone. She's got no family. And a Muslim man in a foreign land proposes to her. And she agrees to marry him. Well, that Muslim man must have the fear of Allah to give that woman her rights. Because her family is not there to ensure that she is given her rights. So Allah instructs the Muslim men. وَلَا تُمْسِكُوا Now the Muslim men are being addressed. And you do not retain, keep, بِعِصَمِ الْكَوَافِرِ Be with Isam. Isam is the plural of the word Isma. And Isma means protection. And what this is referring to is Nikah, marriage. So do not keep marriage ties with who? Al-Kawafir. Plural of the word kafirah, disbelieving women. So now the Muslim men are being ordered over here that if you have a woman in your marriage who is a mushrik, then you do not keep that marriage. You're not allowed to do that either. If Muslim women are not to be married to non-Muslim men, then Muslim men are not to be married to non-Muslim women. وَلَا تُمْسِكُوا بِعِصَمِ الْكَوَافِرِ وَاسْأَلُوا مَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ And you can ask that which you have spent. Meaning, if you have given her your property at this time of divorce, remember that. If the woman is taking divorce, right, then whatever property the man has given her has to be returned. So, وَاسْأَلُوا مَا أَنْفَقْتُمْ وَلْيَسْأَلُوا And they should ask مَا أَنْفَقُوا What they have spent. Meaning, the non-Muslim men 
the Meccans will demand what they had spent on their wives who have now migrated to Medina. So basically what is being said is, to summarize, that if there is a woman, a mushrik woman who lives in Makkah, she embraces Islam, goes to Medina, what has to happen? She's going to stay in Medina if she passes the test, right? And secondly, whatever wealth she has brought that belonged to her husband has to be returned. Clear? Okay. Now on the other hand, if there is a Muslim man who has a mushrik wife, and let's say she decides, I'm not staying in Medina anymore, I'm going back to Makkah. She goes to Makkah. And she takes the Muslim man's wealth as well. Can he ask for it back? Yes, he can. It should be returned. So you understand what's happening here? ذَلِكُمْ حُكْمُ اللَّهِ That, O oh you people, is the command of Allah. يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَكُمْ That He has judged between you. This is the hukum that Allah has given you. وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ And Allah is knowing and wise. You see over here, this is the law of justice. وَإِنْ and if فَاتَكُمْ you have lost. Fata, fawt, fawauta is basically when something slips from your hands, you've lost it, and it's impossible to retrieve it. Impossible to get it back. This is why the word fawt is also used for death. Because once a person dies, there is no coming back to the world. So, in fatakum shay'un. Now the Muslim men are being addressed. That let's say, a Muslim man who was married to a mushrik woman, the mushrik woman decides she's going back to Makkah, and she leaves. And she takes his money as well. A Muslim man sends word to the authorities in Makkah, send me back my money. And they say, too bad, we're not giving you anything. You understand what's happening here? So, وَإِن فَاتَكُمْ شَيْءٌ If you have lost anything, if you have lost مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ Of your wives, إِلَى الْكُفَّارِ To the disbelievers, meaning they take your property and they never return it despite your asking, then what should be done? Then, in the case where فَعَاقَبْتُمْ Then you took some revenge. And what this is implying is that there is some battle. In the future, let's say there is some battle. Alright? There is some battle and the Muslims gain some benefit from the enemy. The war booty. So now that the war booty has come, Remember when it comes to the war booty, we learned about it earlier, that it is to be divided amongst two. Amongst two, the participants. And the shares are specified. Right? But here's a person who lost his wife and money to that enemy. And now from that enemy, the Muslims have gotten some war booty. Now technically that Muslim does not really have a share in that war booty because he wasn't part of that battle. You understand? But Allah is saying over here that fa'atu, then you must give a part of that war booty to who? Alladina dhahabat azwajuhum. To those people whose wives left them and took their wealth with them. Give them something. Give them how much? Mithlama anfaqu. Equivalent to what they had spent. You understand? Okay. It's a little complicated, but if you keep reading the verses, it gets easier. What's happening here is, there's a Muslim man. His mushrik wife went to Makkah. Went to Makkah, took the money also. Let's say she took a thousand dinar. 
The Muslim man sends a word. I want my money back. And the authorities in Makkah say, no way, we're not giving anything to you. Not one dinar. Now this man has lost his wife and his money. You understand what happens? Now Allah is saying that if, let's say, there is some battle in the future with these mushrikeen, and it so happens that you get war booty, a thousand dinar from that war booty will be given to who? To this Muslim man whose ex-wife took away his money. You understand? Again, this is the law of justice. That if someone has suffered anything in the way of Allah, then it is the responsibility of the community to ensure that they get what they deserve. And so you see, from the public wealth, from Baytul Mal, a portion is being given to this person. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ الَّذِي أَنْتُمْ بِهِ مُؤْمِنُونَ And fear Allah in whom you are believers. Fear Him. And carry out the commands that Allah has given you. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ O Prophet ﷺ إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُؤْمِنَاتُ When believing women come to you, meaning they believe and they do hijrah, they come to you, what should they do? يُبَايِعْنَكَ they should give the pledge of allegiance to you. It's not just the men, but the women also have to give the bay'ah. What is the pledge that the women have to give? Allah upon Allah yushrikna billah. That they will not associate anything with Allah. Shay'an anything. They will not do shirk. Secondly, wala yasriqna. And that they will not steal. The women must give this pledge that they will not do shirk and they will not steal. وَلَا yaznina, And that they will not commit zina. After Islam, with Islam there is no zina, it's haram. So la yaznin, they will not commit zina. Then, وَلَا يَقْتُلْنَ أَوْلَادَهُنَّ And that they will not kill their own children. La yaqtulna, they will not kill. You see the noon at the end, this is for feminine. Feminine plural. So they will not kill awladahunna, their children. Why would a woman kill her own children? Many women do that. Many women do that. Even today. Sometimes there are bodies and bodies of children found in the homes of people. That a woman gets pregnant, she doesn't want that child, the baby is born, or she tries to abort the baby herself. So لا يقتل, a Muslim woman cannot do that. ولا يقتلن أولادهن, they will not kill their children. Then ولا يأتينا, and they will not come up with ببهتانن, with a slander. Meaning they will not invent slanders. False stories about other people and spread them around as if they were facts. They will not do that. This is not something that befits a Muslim woman. They will not invent lies. لَا يَأْتِينَ بِبُهْتَانٍ يَفْتَرِينَهُ That they would invent it, meaning the buhtan, the slander, they would invent it بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِنَّ وَأَرْجُلِهِنَّ Between their hands and their feet. They will not invent a slander between their hands and feet. What does this mean? There are two interpretations of this. Firstly, inventing something with your hands and feet, meaning right in front of you, 
It's something that you've come up with. You've invented. Right? Feet, you walked somewhere. You heard something. And then you, you know, baked it into something else. Right? That they will not invent slanders. This is one interpretation. Secondly, others have said that what this means is, this is referring to illegitimate children. Right? That a woman... She is pregnant. She finds herself pregnant because of the relations that she had with a certain man. Right? And then when the child is born, she says, oh, this is my husband's child. You understand? Or this is so-and-so's child. This is so-and-so's child. Right now you may have DNA testing, but many people do not have access to that. Right? So that they're not going to come up with this. وَلَا يَأْتِينَ بِبُهْتَانٍ يَفْتَرِينَهُ بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِنَّ وَأَرْجُلِهِنَّ So between their hands and feet, this is referring to the act of zina. وَلَا يَعْصِينَكَ فِي مَعْرُوفٍ And that they will not disobey you concerning ma'roof, concerning that which is right. You as in the Prophet ﷺ. So these are matters over which they should give bay'ah to you. فَبَايِعْهُنَّ Then you, O Prophet ﷺ, Take their pledge, وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُنَّ الله, And seek forgiveness for them from Allah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رحيم. Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. You seek forgiveness for them. Why? If they fall short in observing their deen. And Allah is forgiving and merciful. So what do we see in this ayah? The bay'ah is mentioned, which the women would take with the Prophet ﷺ. Aisha anha, she said that, Whenever the Prophet ﷺ would take the Pledge of Allegiance from a woman, his hand would never touch her hand. Because generally bay'ah is what? That you put your hand in the hand of the other person, or on top of it, or under it, or whatever. You join hands. So Aisha said that this was always verbal. This bay'ah was always verbal. It wasn't that he would shake their hands or anything. Now, there's a very interesting story. Uh, Hind, the wife of Abu Sufyan, at the conquest of Makkah, we learned that she came to the Prophet ﷺ in order to give the bay'ah. Right? But she came and she had you know, covered her face, even though she was the mother-in-law of the Prophet ﷺ. But she had covered her face and you know, she was hiding from him. And she came in a group of women. Why did she do that? Because she knew how hurt the Prophet ﷺ was because of the death of, the murder of Hamza anha. And Hind had a big hand in that. Right? So she was embarrassed. And now she's embracing Islam. And, you know, it is said that there are some seerah books in which this is mentioned. That the Prophet ﷺ, he said, you have no God but Allah. Meaning, you give the pledge that you will worship only Allah. So Hind... She said, we promise that. You know, yes, we will not do shirk. The Prophet ﷺ said that you will not steal. Give the bay'ah that you will not commit theft. So she said that I only used to steal a little bit before because my husband is very stingy. So I only take from him what I need. Right? So she's making sure that she's allowed to do that. You know, continue to steal from her husband's money because he's too stingy. He wouldn't give her anything. Right? So... The Prophet ﷺ, at this he laughed and he recognized Hind. And then she asked the Prophet ﷺ for forgiveness. The Prophet ﷺ, he did that, he forgave. 
And then he said, he continued, you will not commit zina. And Hind said, does a free woman commit zina? Right? Because a free woman, a woman of such honor and big family, was unheard of. She would never commit zina. So basically she's saying, that of course I would not do that. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, you shall not kill your children. Hind said, we brought up our children, but you killed them. You understand what's happening? She's saying that we raised our children, but they were killed at Badr and Uhud and in all of these battles. They were killed. We didn't kill them. Somebody else did. The Prophet ﷺ said, you will not spread slander. Hind said, slander is indeed something terrible and exceeds all bounds. The Prophet ﷺ said, you will not disobey me in anything that is right. And she said, had we intended to disobey you, we would not be here right now. Meaning we're coming here because we want to obey you. Right? And it is said that Hind, the reason why she was so bold over here and how she you know, answered everything, every time the Prophet ﷺ asked the women to give the bayar on something, you know, she had something to say. Either in affirmation, not objection, but a remark. She had a remark. Always. And the reason was because she was the mother of Um Habiba. Alright. So anyway, what this ayah is teaching us is that women should also be aware of their deen. It is a duty upon Muslim women to be knowledgeable about their religion. It's not just the men who are required to know. Women are also required to know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Final verse of the surah, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, O you who have believed, la tatawallaw, do not make allies of qawman, of a people. Do not turn towards a people seeking their protection and their help. Which people? A people whom ghadiballahu alayhim, upon whom Allah was angry with. Meaning Allah's wrath is upon them in this dunya and in akhirah. So if you were to join them, what do you expect for yourselves? If you were to become their allies, what do you expect for yourselves? Allah's mercy or wrath? These are people whom Allah is angry with. قَدْ يَئِسُوا مِنَ الْآخِرَةِ These people have despaired of the hereafter. يَئِسُوا from yes. To despair, give up hope in. Meaning they don't expect any reward in the hereafter. Which is why their ultimate concern is this dunya. And because of that, they will lie, they will cheat, they will betray, they will harm others. Because all they want is the dunya. They're not aiming for akhirah. You see, when a person is looking forward to the akhirah, then what happens? He suffers some loss and he can be patient. He will remain true and honest. He will not cheat. He will not betray. Why? Because he knows that even if he has to suffer right now, there is a tomorrow. And for his patience and his honesty, Allah will reward him. But these people do not expect the hereafter at all. So that means they don't worry about the consequences of their actions. And secondly, they don't care what measures they have to take in order to ensure they get what they want right now. قَدْ يَئِسُوا مِنَ الْآخِرَةِ كَمَا جَسْتْ أَزْ يَئِسَ الْكُفَّارُ The disbelievers have despaired. مِنْ أَصْحَابِ الْقُبُورِ From the inhabitants of the grave. Meaning, the kuffar, when any one of them dies and ends up in his grave, then those who are alive, do they ever expect to meet him? No, they don't. They say, he's dead, he's finished, he's gone. Forget him now. So, what is meant is, 
these people do not fear any consequences. They are selfish and greedy. But you, on the other hand, hope for akhirah. So do not compromise on your deen. Lying and betraying and cheating, losing your integrity. Do not do that. Remain truthful, honest and loyal to Allah because you hope for the akhirah. Don't sell your deen for dunya. That's the message. Remain true to your deen because you believe in the hereafter. And it doesn't befit the person who is seeking the hereafter that he would compromise on his deen for worldly benefits. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu Iza jaakumul mu'minatu muhajiratin Famtahinuhun Allahu a'lamu bi'imanihin Fa'in alimtumuhunna mu'minatin Fala tarji'uhun إلى الكفار لا هن حل لهم ولا هم يحلون لهم وآتوهم ما أنفقوا ولا جناح عليكم أن تنكحوهن إذا آتيتموهن أجورهن وَلَا تُمْسِكُوا بِعِصَمِ الْكَوَافِرِ وَاسْأَلُوا مَا أَنْفَقُتُمْ وَلْيَسْأَلُوا مَا أَنْفَقُوا ذَلِكُمْ حُكْمُ اللَّهِ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ وَإِنْ فَاتَكُمْ شَيْءٌ من أزواجكم إلى الكفار فعاقبتم فآتوا الذين ذهبت أزواجهم مثل ما أنفقوا واتقوا الله الذي أنتم به مؤمنون يا أيها النبي إذا جاء المؤمنات يبايعنك على أن لا يشركن بالله شيئا ولا يسرقن ولا يزنين ولا يقتلن أولادهن ولا يأتين ببهتان يفترينه بين أيديهن وأرجلهن ولا يعصينك في معروف فبايعهن واستغفر لهن الله إن الله غفور رحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تتولوا قوما غضب الله عليهم قد يئسوا من الآخرة قد يئسوا من الآخرة كما يئس الكفار من أصحاب القبور سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد والله إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته